welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm Charles Sheeland, the other host. And today we are on episode 126, which we haven't done a number check-in, so we'll just throw that in there. But this episode will be starting a new series, and we're reading the first half of Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. And just in case you don't know, we're best friends. We read and reread YA books with each other, and we do that as a podcast. So fun. We normally alternate between series that one of us has read and the other hasn't. But this week, we're actually starting a series that neither of us has read, but we both had heard a lot of, and listeners have been asking for this for a while. So we're reading The Uglies. Here we are in dystopia. So, as always, with the beginning of a new series, I'm just going to go ahead and give us a quick little intro on the author and just, like, the inspiration for the series. So, as we said, it's by Scott Westerfeld, who is best known for this series. And he started writing novels for adults when he first became a writer, but he eventually switched to young adult literature. And Uglies, the first book, was published in 2005, and the series was originally supposed to just be a trilogy, but Westerfeld eventually wrote four books in total, which was The Uglies, which was published in February of 2005, Pretties, which was published in May of 2005, only a few months later, which I thought was really interesting, then Specials in 2006, and Extras in 2007, and... Apparently, the first three books are focusing on our current main character, Tally, and the last book will focus on a new character named Aya, or Aya, something like that. And he's actually also written a spin-off quartet that takes place farther in the future of the same Uglies universe. It's called the Imposter Series, and they were published just over a decade after the original series in 2018, 2019, 2021, and 2022. We won't be covering those as of right now, because that's what, eight books? That's a bit too much. We just did the seven series for Children of the Lamp. I think we'll be good with four. And this is also like all pretty much in the same timeline to my understanding, whereas The Imposters is like separate, like it's post whatever happens in this book. So we just won't be covering those. But I thought it's cool that he's kind of expanded on the universe recently. And to get some background on his inspiration for the series, in an interview with Simon & Schuster right after the first book came out, he said how we are definitely heading toward a world in which lots of people will get to decide how they look, that will change what we think of as beautiful and what beauty means to us. And he goes on to say that he wanted to write a future in which these technologies, i.e. plastic surgery, were fairly common. And in my future, the local government forces you to have an acceptable face that is a certain kind of pretty face. He also cited being inspired by Ted Ching's excellent story, Liking What You See, a documentary about a technology that allows people to switch off their ability to see human beauty so they can concentrate on the more important aspects of who people are. So obviously we know that we live in a very just image driven, especially with the rise of social media Everything is about beauty and people's perceptions of beauty. So I think this is a really interesting take on that. And especially since this book was written, I mean, coming up on 20 years ago now, it'll be interesting to analyze now with our lens because this was before the rise of social media. And then finally, as far as a film adaptation for the series, 
In September 2020, a feature film adaptation titled The Uglies was announced to be in development with 20th Century Fox, and Joey King is supposed to be starring as the lead role, Tally Youngblood. And according to an Instagram post from Joey King in February 2022, filming of the movie wrapped in December 2021, and this is a movie that's coming out through Netflix, and online it says that the first movie should be releasing this year in 2023 but there's no official release date yet but that's pretty much it for our intro i think this series is going to be really interesting because since it was published or at least the first book was published in 2005 this is actually a predecessor to most of the other really popular young adult dystopian novels that we've covered on the show like the hunger games divergent matched the maze runner i'm probably forgetting some but just like those really popular ones that kind of everyone knows that got made into movies and was like this whole phenomenon for our generation this actually was written and like published before those and did not gain as much popularity i would say since it still hasn't had a movie yet but it's definitely going to be interesting to dive into i think and i'm glad that people requested this I had no idea it was from before. That's crazy to me. Like, because I remember people reading it and I was like, oh, I, one of the reasons I never read it. And even as I was reading it, I was like, ugh, this is a bad spinoff. Like, I can't read another freaking dystopian book. Which. And he was doing it first. I was reading Charles's notes and I was saying, he's like, oh my gosh, this is this. And I'm like, well, this is actually the OG when you look it up. It just, and I think for me personally, why I never read it is because. I think this was a little bit before our time, honestly, because 2005, well, we, were we were what? Like we seven. Were a young so, to read this and book. I feel like people, like when I was researching it, Joey King, who she's starring as the lead in the movie, she says that she loved these books. She grew up on them and she read them for the first time when she was 11. So, Joey King might be around our age, but still, like, definitely the demographic would have been more of that preteen and we were definitely before that. So, I definitely heard of this series, but. I just never, like, obviously the biggest thing for me was, like, Hunger Games and then eventually Divergent. Well, well, I'm thinking of, like, again, when I was a kid. Well, Hunger Games came out before Divergent. Obviously, Divergent was followed to that. But the Hunger Games was obviously the biggest one for dystopian because Matched and The Maze Runner are also, I feel like, less so. The Hunger Games obviously, like, shaped our generation. And then Divergent, to me, was a follow-up of that, which we already talked about is, was a flop. But the idea of it was... <laughs> It's a floppy follow Interesting. Well, anyway, thanks for that intro. That was really great because I didn't know that. So I'm going to give the summary for the first half of the book, though essentially not that much happened. I really barely had any notes. So they're living in this post-cultural society where people are separated based on age, and they're all made beautiful when they turn 16 to remove all social distress. Our main carry, Tally Youngblood, is still an ugly between she's between between the ages of twelve and sixteen, and her best friend just got made into a pretty, so she's feeling pretty lonely and rebellious. Uh, she makes friends with another ugly called Shay, but before their shared birthday, Shay defects and goes to live in a society that rejects the whole idea of the surgery. So when Tally is supposed to get her operation, the society says she has to work as a spy and expose this growing rebellion, the smoke, and she has just gone and joined them and is now feeling conflicted about betraying them. For me, my impression, I just feel like it felt, it doesn't feel like Hungry Games to me, but it feels like Maze Runner, Divergent, 
and matched. Mostly matched and divergent. But now that I know this came first, they feel like this. And that's all I'll say. That's because The Hunger Games is on a whole nother level. <laughs> so I'll definitely agree with you in that I was... My initial thing was because obviously we've covered a lot of different dystopian series on here that it's like, oh, it feels very similar to the other ones. But as we've discovered, this is actually pretty much the first one of that time period. So it is the original. But for me, so far, I think it's definitely interesting. I'm enjoying the world building. And I think it's a really interesting concept also of this obsession with beauty. I mean, again, our society and specifically more Western culture has been so obsessed with everything but this idea of plastic surgery I mean I know it was a thing obviously like 20 years ago but I feel like with the rise of social media it's become more like Botox and stuff is just so it's so accessible like if you know what I mean I feel like in the early 2000s you know when he would have been working on this book I'm assuming obviously the main people I feel like that are openly getting surgery is celebrities and rich people basically people who can afford those kind of procedures but now, like, there's things like the BBL and, like, the buccal fat removal. Like, all these things that have blown up on, like, TikTok, Instagram, all these different things. So it's just way more common for an everyday person to have some sort of plastic surgery, whether it's just for pure aesthetic or even people getting, like, things like a breast reduction for your health reasons of to make your life more comfortable. But I just think it's a really interesting concept and it's going to be really cool to like analyze this being that it was written almost or published almost 20 years ago. I think that's really interesting. I didn't really have any of that interest in the... But I feel like maybe because we haven't, we haven't had that well, much also interaction with the pretties yet. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just more expressing my interest for, like, the whole series. I will say for this first half of the book, we didn't really get that much of it. And so far, the main character is A-OK, -okay, not really that exciting. Definitely not a main character. I'm like, yeah, let's get behind Tally. No, that is not how I feel. So that's my impression. But I am excited, and I'm trying not to prejudge, I guess is what I'm saying. Because also since for The Children of the Lamb, we were reading an entire book at a time, it was really easy to get like a full form like a full opinion after the first book but because we're only halfway through i feel like i don't want to form a full opinion yet i think that's a good point so let's dive in so tally is an ugly that she will become a pretty in three months and her friend paris her best friend he's a guy there's obviously a huge amount of romantic tension between the two of them he just became a pretty and he lives in new pretty town I don't know. I thought the naming was, like, a little bit bleh to me. New Pretty Town. Well, for 2005, I feel like that was pretty creative. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I read fantasy where they're, like, Numenor and Moria and Lannisport, well, like... I'm like, they make up new things from scratch. Well, this is definitely not a fantasy novel. And I'm thinking, like, I mean, literally in Hunger Games, they were just District 1 through 13. Like, that's not that creative. But I understand, I understand what you're saying. It's almost, like, a little bit cheesy. But, yes. Yes. I agree with that. But, anyway, so diving into a little bit of world-building context. So we learned that 
When you're born, you're basically cute and they're called littlies all the way up until you turn 12, which obviously I got is obviously when most people go through puberty or that's the beginning of puberty for most people. So then you turn ugly, which I thought that was kind of funny because I'm sure everybody knows, you know, you hit that like 11, 12 and you go through your super awkward stage until, yeah, you're like 16, 17 that you, I mean, even then you're probably still awkward because people still have braces in high school now and stuff and you're just a mess probably until you're like at least 18 maybe 20, 25. I don't know. I'm probably still in my awkward stage. Let's be real. Anyway, so you're literally, then when you're on your 12th birthday, you become ugly, which that's sad. And you're ugly from 12 to 16. And then on your 16th birthday, you have an operation that basically turns you pretty. So extreme plastic surgery. And they keep these groups quite separated. So then when Shay goes to Shay, I misspeak. When Tally goes to see Paris, her best friend, it's a really bad idea. And she almost gets caught. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're so gross. What are you doing here? And it almost gets her in a lot of trouble. And Paris is like, don't do that again. Because he's like, don't don't ruin my reputation with the cool kids. So already we're introduced to Tally as not being very smart, which that was unfortunate. But... (laughs) But... Yes. She does make it out, barely, and on her way, on her escape, she meets a girl called Shay, who is also an ugly, who actually ends up having the exact same birthday as Tally, so they will literally become pretties on the same day together, so she doesn't have to worry about getting abandoned again, like she was with her best friend, Paris, who is three months older than her, so he had his operation three months before her. So, obviously, her and Shay become very fast friends. And that's so cool. Shay teaches her how to hoverboard. They have hoverboards that work on magnetics, so over all, basically, metal deposits. And they break the rules. It's pretty cool. Shay even takes her to, like, an abandoned amusement park, and they have a lot of fun, but it's also, like, kind of post-apocalyptic because, you know, it's, like, an abandoned amusement park. You know, nothing gets more post-apocalyptic than, like broken circus tents but and they call our society the rusties because everything that we built was built out of metal and rusted and so we're so ancient that we're all rested over that's kind of times how my knees feel when i wake up in the morning there was one world building thing that i want to mention that really annoyed me was that they to clean their teeth they say they're using a they take a toothbrush pill and i'm like why would it be called a toothbrush pill? Shouldn't it just be called like a tooth pill or like a cleaning pill? Because if it's a pill, it's not doing any brushing for you. It's just sanitizing. Right? Like that feels like he didn't think about the fact that we call it a toothbrush because we're physically brushing our teeth. Honestly, that's just hilarious because like I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know when that was mentioned. I don't remember that at all. That was definitely something I totally missed. But of course, Charles is like, a toothbrush pill? I have to take note of that. That is unacceptable. Probably. We'll see if that's ever mentioned again in the book, but I'm glad that you caught that because how interesting. But I would guess that it's called a toothbrush pill because it's doing the brushing for you. Like instead of how to brush your teeth, like the pill, like whatever acidic thing it does, you don't have to physically brush your teeth because this pill is magic. But if you haven't been brushing your teeth in this society ever, why would you, like you wouldn't call it brushing necessarily but you they know? learn about the history of like the rusties they learn about the history of like humankind and that's true toothbrushes would have been left over because they're all made of plastic and they're never gonna 
Yeah, they're never. They're gonna never going to break, break down. down. So they keep. They forever. find these and they're like, "What are they? I wonder if they're for combing your hair." And then they find like a bathroom with a sign, and they're like, "Oh, it's for dental hygiene." Anyway, again, just quick side note because we're talking about like the relation between the resties which is you know supposed to be like our society and their futuristic society which is something i'm also looking forward to that i think is going to be interesting and while i was doing research in the intro of like the commentary on like how does making everyone pretty like create equality i guess because they taught like they've they mentioned briefly how, like, in their history, they learned how, you know, people used to have different skin colors and they would kill each other over it. So obviously, like, racism, but that doesn't exist anymore because I guess everyone has one, like, pale skin tone. Um, you know it's white. It's people. definitely. You know it's white people. Oh, it's definitely white because I think Tally says about it's either Shay or somebody else. She says how, like, her skin was, like, a little bit too dark, like, just a shade dar- darker than, like, what would be like acceptable or something? Like but she was too like it was olive really tone. naturally pretty, but like it was too olive too tone olive tone. To so obviously, it needs to be like a little bit paler to be considered like ideal beauty. But anyway, so I just think it's interesting to be like, how is that created? Like this sense of equality. I mean, it's the same idea that we've covered like in some of the other like like in Divergent. How like oh, by splitting everyone up, everyone feels like they have a place in society. I don't know. I just think it's... Except the freaking abnegation have to walk up all the stairs and the Dauntless are harassing people by running around and screaming. But they choose to do that. Again, it's, at least for them, they're, they're choosing where they go. Whereas, like here, you're just... I mean, everyone just wants to be pretty. I don't know. I think... So, again, for me, like I'm saying, so far the story... I, I'm not judging the story too much yet because I am very just interested to see how this world is going to be built out. Yeah. Which... You know, maybe we'll get a Divergent or we'll get, I mean, I don't think it'll live up to the Hunger Games, but maybe we'll get like a Maze Runner. Well, Maze no, Runner Maze Runner was bad. We'll, maybe we'll get a Matched. Maybe like a Matched, like a match, like an in-between. Because like Matched, Matched, uh, I don't even think I really like the world of Matched. I don't know. Hopefully yeah, the end, of matched, the end of Matched was pretty bad. But the fact is, this is, now we're saying, like, one of the first dystopian novels of our time, so I, hopefully it will turn out to be okay, but I am, at, at least initially, just really intrigued in, like, how the world is going to be built out, like, yeah. So, anyway, back on track, so... Shay keeps indicating that there's more beyond the society, also because, so far what we know of, they have their little, like, town, they have the little the new pretty town, they've got the ugly section, and then they've got the other sections that we haven't really gone into. We'll probably get into that later. Maybe not really, because we don't really discover as much, but, like, there's middle pretties, there's old pretties or crumbling pretties, which is, like, grandparents and stuff, and stuff like that. And so there's, like, the different sections of the city, but it's just this city. And then there's other cities that are like it, and it does sound like not all cities are exactly the same. Like, some cities you get to, like, choose your job, they say. Like, so it's slightly different. So I guess in our sense, like different countries basically are choosing their way, but they still all become pretty. Like that's the collective thing. Yeah. And some of them wait till you're 18. Some of them wait till you're 16. But like. Yeah. So like the age is a little bit different, but it's ultimately basically this idea of you become ugly and then they do surgery on you to make you pretty is this idea of civilized society, basically. But Shay basically is saying that there's more than that. And she finally ends up telling Tally that she is actually going to leave and join a society that exists completely outside of the cities called The Smoke, where they just live in nature and they 
don't believe in surgery. They just stay ugly for the rest of their lives, which I have to say, like, tally look later on the descriptions of, like, seeing, like, an old, ugly person, which the description of old is, like, 40, 40, which, I don't know, I just thought that was hilarious because I was thinking they were going to be like, oh, like, an 80-year-old ugly person, but I guess, like, they don't even, they haven't made it that long, or at least we haven't run into anybody that old. But she's like, he's so old, and, like, he must be in his 40s, and I was like, 40s? That's not that old. Especially when they're talking about, I'm sure in this future society, they probably live to be over 100 or even more with the development of Maybe they don't because of the plastic surgery. Maybe that's why. Maybe not. That's true. Well, okay, this feels like a good place to say that I only, like, then realized that it was a surgical making beautiful. Like, I thought it was, like, not magic, but, like, I hadn't thought about it. I didn't realize that it was, like, surgery. They literally, she literally describes how... Like, I think when she's, at the beginning, when she's talking about Paris, how they, like, rub your skin down so that you can grow new skin. They saw your bones down so that you can be the perfect height. I did not realize like, you that. Didn't, what did you think? Okay, but he, of course, was paying attention to the brush <laughs> pill. The, the, like, minuscule mentioning of that. But he didn't catch the whole description of the surgery of how they literally, like, ugh, it was kind of gross because they're, like, they just, like, tear your skin off. See, I heard, I, rub you I saw that and I was like, oh, gross? Nope, not gonna... Not going to read that. Let me just skip to the toothbrush I mean, it's, bill. it was really traumatizing, honestly. And that's why people were, like, she was even saying, like, people were like, does it hurt? Like, because that sounds painful. But, well, anyway, sorry. I just thought that <laughs> it was about at this point in the book when I realized it was well, actual anyway, so yes, surgery. It's plastic surgery. It's plastic surgery, which I think, again, is an interesting idea to explore because when this was published... Not that it wasn't common, but in the sense of I feel like not like the average person. Yeah, whereas like, I know like I get a fair number job. of people like in my personal life who have had small to large amounts of work done, and I did not then. Well, because also there's even things that are like not going under the needle, like the Botox and stuff and things where it's just like, or lip injections. I don't know if that's considered, I don't know what's considered plastic surgery because I've never really looked into this. But the idea of there's just so many different kinds of things that you can do out there that are really small, yeah, also like, subtle alterations that don't have to be like, oh, I got a full nose reconstruction or I got a whole boob job. Also, nowadays, you can definitely see, like, you can see people who had work done, like, 15, 20 years ago that's, like, not looking that great. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Shade. It's just, Charles yeah. shade like over said, here. People are. People have had more time to do it and more time for it to go badly. Anyway, let's move on. So, Shay does decide to leave before their both of their birthdays. It's on the same day. So, she's not going to get the surgery done. But she does give Tally a clue as to how to find her. Because, of course, she wants Tally to go with her. But Tally is like, I absolutely do not want to be ugly for the rest of my life. I want to be pretty. And that's what Tally ultimately decides to do. She wants to stay and have her surgery. And I'll say at this point, I was definitely with Tally. Like, not so much as the, of course, I'm not advocating for plastic surgery, but just the idea of what she is talking about. Like, Tally is only just learning about this. And, like, there's no proof that this smoke, the smoke even actually exists. And, like, I wouldn't want to go out and live in the wilderness when your whole life you've lived in civilized society. Like... Charles and I, our water got turned off a few weeks ago for, like, 24 hours, and 
Charles went and got us a bunch of bottled water and we were living without running water for 24 hours and I thought like I was gonna die like there was no way I could do this and I know people go camping and do that by choice but there's no way so there's no way I'm gonna be like yeah let me go live the rest of my life in wilder in the wilderness like and hunt for food and sleep on the ground yeah forget that I'll get the plastic surgery so I can just stay safe and clean well on top of also the fact that like Tally has been mentioning this person what's his name Paris no, David. David. She's been mentioning her friend David. Shay has been mentioning David. Shay. Oh, yes. Sorry, I keep mixing up the two <laughs> girls. Shay has been mentioning her friend David, who is, like, from, you know, he's outside of the society, and it's so great, and she's going to go join him. And I'm like, but we have, Tally hasn't met him. Like, she's seen zero proof that this person is real. So, yeah, like, Shay could be making it up or being crazy, because, I mean, they haven't really talked about that yet. Like... Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely more interested to see, like, have they just totally wiped out mental illness? Well, I don't know if that'll be even mentioned. But things like that, like, because... This was also, the 2000s. But also, like, reproduction, because obviously that was a huge thing in, like, The Giver, you know? You know, you pump out three babies, and then the rest <laughs> of your life are labor. <laughs> so I wonder, because also interesting of, like, how they've manipulated the genes. Or, that's another thing, too, because... A wonderful explore in how they say now that when you become pretty, like essentially everyone is like the same skin tone. But like when you're ugly, are there like ranging skin tones, like extreme ranges, or just like everyone's like just different shades of white? Or like are there still like dark, like brown or black people? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do the old races like still exist in the sense of like your natural features? And then not until you're created into a like put surgery on are you like created to be with everyone else because obviously if they're just doing plastic surgery you that that doesn't alter your genes like that doesn't alter what you're going to pass on to your children right it shouldn't but so that's also something that i think will be interesting to find out yeah i guess we'll have to see like i guess we'll have to see yeah well anyway so shay leaves and goes off to her thing, Tally stays, but on Tally's day of her birthday that she's supposed to have her op- operation, she ends up running into a problem because she goes to special circumstances or special operations, I can't remember what it's called, but they basically tell her that she cannot be operated on because they know that she was friends with Shay and they want her basically to give up like where she was going because she like explains that she has other friends who are older than her that like a lot of people maybe not a lot but many people a number of people have run away so it's obviously got no point where like they're noticing and they're seeing it as an issue and another thing that's mentioned is these special these special circumstances or special operations people which i'm assuming is going to relate to the third book i think it's called specials she talks about how these people are pretty but like in a cruel way like cruel pretties like it's clear that like how their surgeries came out their operations like they're like intimidating looking like very sharp features like to me what i was imagining is like really extreme like model look like i feel like models are generally more angular very thin and that can obviously be very beautiful, but I, based on what she's describing as, like, what the standard beauty, it seems softer, like, rounder, like a doll, it was what I was imagining, at least in my head. 
Yes, they came out much more severe. Severe and like unsettling. So she was just like, like you can like you can see more of like their, like their um, cheekbones are like really defined. Like thinking like Angelina Jolie, where like that can come across like very like severe, like Charles said. So anyway, so she calls them the cruel pretties, but I think they're going to be referred to as the specials, but. Basically, they're telling her that she has to give up Shay. They, she has to tell them everything that she knows, or she's going to get stuck being ugly for the rest of her life because they will not give her the operation. Which I was like, dang, that sucks. She should have never hung out with Shay. Yeah, for real. So what would you have done at this point? Because so people are going to come visit her, basically, and try to convince her to give up Shay. And I personally, maybe this is bad of me, but I think at this point, when they were just like, tell us what you know, I think she should go ahead and tell them everything. Uh, yeah, I was on, definitely on the same boat. I mean, the fact is, I understand, I understood that she liked Shay, but, like, Shay was kind of annoying, honestly, and, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, they were both kind of annoying. I was like, you've known her for three weeks. Three months. Like, or maybe she She's known months. her for three months. Like, you've known her for tops But the fact months. is, you're saying like, your best you friend. You've away your entire life. Well, also, I'm saying her best friend that she described as Paris. Paris is the one she wants to be pretty with. He's already pretty. She's known him, it sounds like, since they were littlies, like, she's known him forever, like, your loyalty would be also just in the sense of, like, she has no desire to be a part of that. She doesn't believe in it. She just wants to be pretty, like, and she doesn't believe in what Shay's talking about. Because Shay, like, during their friendship, she's talking about how, like, it shouldn't matter what we look like. Like, I want to look like me. I don't want to look like everyone else. Like, kind of embracing, like, that she's unique, even if it's ugly. And Callie's basically like, haha, so funny. Like, absolutely not. I want to be pretty. Like, you're ugly. I don't want to be ugly. So... It does kind of, like, uh, to me it would have made sense, but obviously we couldn't have had a plot if she had just given her up right then. But, yes, for me, I would have given her up right then and there. Also because the fact is, also because as we go forward, Tally just seems really naive and like, what the consequences are going to be for Shay. I think that because Tally didn't really agree with Shay, I think it would have made sense for her to give her up. But I also understand why, like, she's feeling loyal because probably subconsciously she understands that, like, Shay, she cares about Shay and she doesn't want anything to happen to her. And she promised Shay that she wouldn't tell anyone. So I, like, understand. But obviously I was like, just tell them. Like, they, they're they not making it seem like it's going to be a big deal anyway. But she's like, she has to keep her promise. Yeah. That's how I felt, too. So her parents come. And at first I was like, earlier on I had written, like, do they even have parents? But it seems like they take you away from your parents when you become an ugly. Like, you live with your parents when you're in Italy and you're cute. And then you become 12. And they're like, go live in a dorm. We need to get rid of you. You're terrible. Right? That's what it seemed like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's basically the equivalent of, like, people going to boarding school like that. Like, when you become, like, a teenager. I mean, honestly, that's when kids are, like, annoying. So, send them away. But... Yes, that is because like my colleagues and I like we've all joked about how we want children at different stages. Like, like one of us just has to have a child like pass it around. Like, I want it when it's like a baby, baby. But like as soon as it like can move, I'm like take it away. You don't. And then I want a baby to just like change diapers. Yes, when they're just like oh. Okay, I'll give you my babies when they're at that stage. And then I could pass on that stage for sure. Once they can start giving you attitude, absolutely not. And then I want them for, like, when they're, like, 16, and I'm like, we're going to get you into college. We're going to do this together. Like, I want them to be, like, an adult by so the time I see them So you just want them again. when they're a baby, then they'll be given away until they're, what, 17? Yeah. Okay, no. Whereas I'm, like, I like, like, 
once they can talk, no, once they're potty trained, let's put it that way. Once they're potty trained, because when they're like little toddlers, and I guess toddlers aren't necessarily potty trained, I'll take a toddler, just not the changing of the diapers. Like they need to have pull-ups at least, come on. They could change their own diapers at that rate. So pull-up stage to maybe teenager. Like, yeah, when they start, like, talking back, so maybe, like, 13, then you could return them at, like, 16, 17. Like, once they're, like, trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. Well, anyway. So... So clearly we should just trade children. Yes. Because, honestly, I'll even take the teenage years. You take them as the baby, I'll raise them for the rest of their lives, and then I'll give them back to you when and it's I'll time get the, for you to pay for college. And I'll get oh, them into college. college. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. What were we talking about? Oh, the parents. So, so, yes, it seems like their parents give them, get, like, give them up when they become of a certain age. Which I think this also makes sense to the, what you had mentioned earlier about how the different groups are really separated, which I think this really makes sense for maintaining that sense of equality because obviously the pretties and the uglies, obviously you're in a higher class when you're pretty so the pretties can't live with the uglies like they have to be kept separate so that that level of equality can be maintained so i think that that makes sense of why obviously i mean mainly you're just ostracized when you're ugly but everybody has to go through that because everybody is ugly at some point yeah very interesting so After her parents, then Paris comes to actually see Tally, and he does manage to convince her that she should go offer the info about Shay and just give her up. And to me, I mean, we've only gotten like two scenes with Paris, and to me, he just seems suspicious in this moment. Like, I just definitely feel like the specials, the special circumstances people had sent him to convince Tally to give up Shay because obviously they know that they have a relationship because when Tally is first talking to the main special woman, she mentions how we know that like you have a friend that you want to be pretty with, like or something. So like they obviously and like just like any dystopian society, they have tabs on everyone. They know all of your close relationships. So I just wouldn't be surprised, especially because Paris would benefit from this. I mean, he obviously cares about Tally, and he wants her to become pretty so that they can stay friends. Yeah. But I don't know. I was just very suspicious of this moment. Like, this didn't seem genuine. I, especially when the last time he saw her, he was like, you can't be here. Because when she went to, like, visit him, which was valid because she shouldn't. But I didn't think that when I was reading it, but I think you're totally right. Especially because you, I did notice that he was, like, very nice. Like, he was a little flirty, and he's like, look at me. He was overly nice, to be and that's not at together. all how he interacted with her the first time. Yeah, like, he was, like, way too into it. Like, we need to be pretty together. Like, you made a promise to me. And I'm like, it feels like that was a big departure from, like, three months ago. So I feel like... Because... Yeah, I think you're right. Because when he's... When he saw her the first time, like, she was really worried that he was just going to be so disgusted because she was still ugly. And, like, that wasn't the case, but he definitely wasn't, like, excited and definitely not, like, that flirty, like, extra nice. Like, it just wasn't that vibe at all. And so that's why it was a complete 180. And to me, I would have been, like, a little bit pissed that you're not pretty by now because you're my friend and I only want to be friends with you if you're pretty. Like, I don't know. That's just the vibes I get. So to me, it was, like, again, just suspicious. I think that's a really, really good point. So then she does go back to special circumstances and 
is like, okay, I'll give you what you want. But now they're like, just kidding. You actually have to be a double agent. And she has to physically go to the smoke where they are and trigger the lo- this location beacon that they give her. And then after she does all that, then they'll make her pretty. And like I said, I agree with her desire like to be pretty and like to stay safe in civilized society but now it's pretty obvious to me like if it hasn't been obvious to her yet like it's pretty obvious that like they want to shut down this outside society like they want to punish them or get just get rid of them like I don't know what they're going to do but clearly it's not going to be good like so I don't know to me like she didn't have enough red flags about this she was just like okay well I'll do it because I want to be pretty and like it's okay like whatever happens happens Yes, and she goes, she gets there, and she doesn't immediately hit the beacon, which I think was a mistake. Okay, well, let me take that back. I don't think it was a mistake necessarily, but I think it was like, if she, if all her only desire ever is just to be pretty, that was a mistake, because she should have hit the beacon right away, because of course, duh, the longer she's there, the more conflicted she's going to be, which totally happens. Like, she gets there. And she hangs out with Shay, and she's like, oh, so nice to see you. And then she meets everyone, and they're so nice. And, like, you know, she's like, wow, this feels so good, like, doing something different. And then she, like, doesn't want to press the button. And I'm like, the longer you stay, the worse it's going to be because you're not going to want to do it, and you're going to feel like you're betraying more people. Yeah, this is definitely what I was thinking. I, of course, was like, it would make sense for her to just do it immediately to get it over with. Because, like you said, then she won't be as conflicted, she won't feel connected, because at this point, her only connection is Shay. But of course, like I mentioned before, to me, the reasons that she will be hesitating is because she's worried about what's going to happen to those people. But that does not seem to be the reason for hesitation. Like, honestly, I don't understand why she's hesitating. Because, again, she does seem just really naive that, like, once she contacts the cruel pretties, or aka the specials, Shay and all the people in the smoke will, I don't know, either be, like, imprisoned, I'm guessing, or maybe even killed. Like, again, we don't know how dark the series is going to go, but to me, there's nothing good in their future at this point. And, like, she hasn't had any of those thoughts, at least not expressed to the reader. So I think it's just a really interesting outlook, because you're like, well, why is she hesitating? If all she wants is to be pretty and go live in New Pretty Town, why doesn't she just do it? So that's why I'm like, maybe it's like subconsciously that's what's preventing her. But like, it's not presented that way. Yeah, you're right. She seems so naive. Like, because she's, she's literally not thinking about it. But yeah, I didn't, I, I don't think there was a really good explanation as to why she's even delaying to press the button. Right? Like, I don't feel like it was explained. She's kind of just. I think she's kind of just trying to like survey the situation. Like, also, I think she hasn't found a good moment. I think they also kind of describe that because. She doesn't want to do it, like, when she's around people in case, like, it, like, goes really loud. Like, you know, there's a possibility. Well, and also she doesn't want to get caught, which I can, she doesn't want to get caught. I feel like that was kind of shown in the sense that she does not want to get caught by the smoke people that she is going to betray them or be the rat. Like, that, she doesn't want that to happen. I but, think that's, that's smart. <laughs> and that's smart because they'll probably kill her. Like, I don't know. I just feel like she's in a really precarious position because there's a moment with Shay, like Shay steps away for a second and she like is pulling out the thing, the little like pendants on a necklace and she has to like open it with her eyeball or something like with, like it scans mm-hmm. her eye and she's about to do it. And then Shay comes over cause it's in like a heart necklace. She's mm-hmm. like, Oh, who gave you that? I thought you were waiting for Paris. Like, did you have a fling while I was gone or something? 
So Shay definitely notices it, and that obviously, like, stops her. So I do think it's kind of like she hasn't really found the right moment, but... But we get, we're now at the point where I feel like it's going to be hard for her to betray them. Like, she's not going to want to do it. Yeah, and I will say that her, like, night, her being... Her naivete? Her, yeah, her naivete and, like, not thinking about, like, the consequences of this kind of reminds me of in Matched. What was her name? Kasha? Ugh, gross. What a <laughs> terrible name. Anyway, was it what Kasha? What if we have someone who listens like, to this show whose name is Kasha? I'm sorry. I apologize. That's a terrible name. You should change it to something else. Anyway. <laughs> what? All jokes. All jokes. But really, you need a name. It's still not as bad as Maggie. Oh, gross. Who else had a really bad name? There was another series. Lina. Oh, God. Not Lina. Lima Bean. Lina's the worst. I'm sorry. If your name is Lina, you need to change it to something else. You can cash it would be better than that. Also, Kasha just reminds me of Cash Me Outside, that one girl who always says that. So, like, you're a walking like, meme. It sounds like the person from Rome, Cassius. Nope, don't get that reference. My reference is better. Anyway, <laughs> I was just trying to say that I think that Tally's, like, being naive and everything reminds me of how Kasha was because she hadn't really, like, thought about... Like, what if you get matched with somebody you don't like? Like, she hadn't really thought about it like that until she her, like, eyes were opened... Whereas, like, again, compared to, like, the Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen, the best main character ever, like, she was already living in poverty and, like, knew the issues with the capital and everything in the districts. So, like, from the get-go, she was, she obviously was just trying to survive, wasn't necessarily, like, I'm going to rebel initially, but she wasn't naive. And I think that is something that, again, where I'm saying of, like, not as strong of a character initially because you're like, oh, this is not a starting out strong character. Like, you don't immediately, like, connect to her. Like, I'm sure that she's going to grow into one, well, but... Well, we're, we're not even rooting for her. Like, I think that, like... Yeah, we're not even is, rooting for her at this, this is point. Because like, okay. right now, she's the, bad, she's the bad guy. I mean, she's literally going to betray these people. She's being set up as the bad guy. I mean, even okay. though I said I'm, I'm kind of on her side, but... But, like, I feel like... I feel like this is just me. But because it's dystopian, I feel like the, the arc of moral justice is going to move towards the dystopian society falling apart because it's bad, Right. Oh, so, for sure. So that's the vibe. But right now, she doesn't have any qualities that make you want to be like, let's go. Like Katniss, first thing we meet, she's taking care of her family. She's incredible with the bow and arrow. She's got a hot best friend. And she's like that's running. What I said. Katniss, iconic. I'm sorry. Like, she's iconic. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, she's right iconic. now. She's iconic. Like nobody can beat her. And she's just like. She's she's breaking the system. She's going beyond the boundaries to like hunt. It's like she's killing it, you know, as much as she can in District Twelve. Whereas Tally, right now, she's literally like, I just want to be pretty like everyone else. Which again, I know they all have to feel that way at the beginning of their dystopian society. I mean, that's the. I mean, it's kind of. <laughs> that's literally what she's that's thinking. That's kind of embarrassing. Like you're like, which main character of a dystopian novel do you want to dress up as? The one who can hunt for her family. The one who writes poetry in a world without art. The one who, uh, who chooses the dauntless, the scary people over, you know, not being able to look in the mirror and taking 500 flights of stairs for other people? Or do you want to be the one who just wants to be pretty through plastic surgery? Oh my god. So I can see how this, like, this is so one might have a connected quiz. people. 
This is so BuzzFeed quiz. Oh my god, we need to make a BuzzFeed quiz. Which dystopian novel main character are you? Yeah, which which female heroine of a dystopian series do you want to be? And if you're not Katniss, you better change your personality. Anyway, so... I want to read The Hunger Games again. (laughs) Back on track. Anyway, so with all of this, Tally again. Very naive. But also at one point, which I think this is kind of right after Shay kind of catches her with the pendant and is like, oh, who is that from? She's like, maybe it would be a good idea to warn Shay about the betrayal so that she'll have a chance to do something. And I was like, that is absolutely not a good idea. Like I said, they're going to kill you. Shay may not, but the people will kill you. That would be my response. If they say, well, I mean, also for me, well, I'll speak on that in a second. Yes. Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. So, anyway. In the plot, Tally just got to the smoke, which is the society, and she's so far not pressed the button. But that's literally where we are in the reading. Like, And she sees the 40-year-old ugly and just dies of shock. So, <laughs> Yes. 40 years old, not possible. So, that's it, basically, for the plot. Let's talk, like, vibes. Let's check in. What were you going to say? So I was just going to say, too, for me, basically, you know, at this point in the reading, we're halfway through the book. I am obviously curious to see if Tally's actually going to go through with this, you know, tattling on the smoke people and specifically betraying Shay and all of that. Or will she end up settling in and like maybe wanting not necessarily to join the smoke, but like feeling more badly about it and like continuing to hesitate. But then maybe it will accidentally still call them. Or I'm assuming if one of those situations doesn't happen and maybe she decides that she wants to stay with them, I think there's going to be some sort of fail safe on this pendant locket thing that if she hasn't used it after a certain amount of time, it will just end up communicating her location to the specials because either way, no matter what happens, I definitely think that the special circumstance people will be coming to the smoke or at least trying to infiltrate the smoke by the end of the book to attempt to wipe them out because obviously it's a huge issue and to me I just don't think I would have put all of my trust in some 16 year old girl like you know what I mean if they've sent her out there and she makes it out there alive I feel like there's a way that she doesn't have to physically do anything it'll just send it out because I also just think we're gonna need some sort of climax I think there's just no way in this book that they either don't go there like that is just what I'm imagining I think that's a good point I hadn't thought of, like, reasons why, but I definitely agree that I think the special circumstances are going to come back at some point. I'm just not sure how. Um, I'm enjoying it. I will say it is kind of giving me, like, a little bit, like, just generic dystopian vibes. Like, even the name of the rebellion is called The Smoke, which is, like, very similar to The Scorch and The Rising. So I wrote down it felt basic, but knowing that this came first... I'm it's like the OG. This is the OG. They were copying. Like the scorch, it sounds so close to the smoke. Like they copied him. They copied him. Well, the scorch was the sickness in the Maze Runner. But like it's I don't know. It's a thing. I know what you're saying. It's like oh, the fire, the <laughs> I don't know. I will I don't know. I know I know what you mean though that it's all like very similar, but I think that's the whole idea. I mean, these are all basically these are all books about the same thing. What's going to happen after the world ends, basically? Will society continue? How will it continue? I mean, that's so. That's basically, to me, 
So that's why, yes, I think things, some things will come out as similar because they're all essentially writing out the same thing. They're just putting their own spin on it. But like I said, yeah, I do think it was interesting to find out that this was kind of the first one because, like I said, 2005, Hunger Games was 2008. Divergent was 2011. I think Maze Runner was like 2009 or 2010 or something. And Match was also like 2009. So these were all like... I mean, the next one really was The Hunger Games, 2008. So that was still three years. And at that point, and this the whole Games series... Is very different. Well, yeah. The, the Hunger Games, I mean, to me, is the most different out of all of them. Because it really yes. is, like... I feel like the other ones focus, like, The Maze Runner obviously had the sickness. Like... The other ones are all very much focused on one sort of dystopian problem. Even, like, The Giver. Each individual book is kind of... But mostly the first one in particular... They're all sort of focused on one dystopian individual society. Or even, like, the City of Ember series. Yeah, and how also it's about, like, basically an uprising within, a like, just a community. Whereas The Hunger Games, it's they're essentially uprising against this absolutely cruel idea of making children fight to the death. Like, that is ultimately the catalyst that leads to a rebellion throughout the whole society. But, like, that in and of itself is interesting. Also, these other, The Hunger Games is a much wider world and so there's more of a complex like the rebellion is yes it's about ending the hunger games but it's also about like ending like the rivalries between the districts and the poverty in the districts whereas these dystopian books are all focused on one aspect of their society that they're fixing so for example the match series it's about the matching process and yes there are other things that come with that but the matching process is the summation of you don't get a decision in your life like, we're going to pick the person for you. And then Divergent is all about dividing your society into four parts. And, I mean, again, five. it all gets thrown out at the end. So five parts. Five. Oh, yes, five parts. And then it all gets thrown out at the end, and the whole book made no sense, period. But the first book is... <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was a simulation. <laughs> the first book was all about, like, divide, like how dividing by, like, one trait is so backwards. And then this series is, like, making yourself idyllic beauty standards is backwards. Like, Hunger Games is not just about that, you know? Does that make sense? Like, the reason those books feel so fulfilling, they feel much more, like, epic, like, kind of like a Harry Potter, is that it's a big world. And there's lots going on. Like, you know. Well, and it's also big just within, like, like, it's big throughout the districts. Like, I feel like the districts, like, I don't know. There's, there's just no comparison. Like, The Hunger Games, it's great storytelling, great world building, great characters. Like, I feel like all of the other series we've covered so far, there's something lacking. Like, maybe they have decent characters, but, like, the story's not there. Or the world building is interesting, but the characters aren't interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like The Hunger Games... Or they write the last book and they completely turn the world upside down and they basically like, I hated my fans. I hated the readers. I'm going to kill the main character for no reason. And I'm going to completely throw out the whole first two books because I can. Well, we won't say what that was because that's a spoiler alert. But anyway, so yes, but I hope... I'm very hopeful that that's not what's going to happen in this series, because that will just be quite disappointing. But hopefully not, because... I've never felt so disrespected in my life until I read the final Divergent book. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that, but go listen to our Divergent episodes. That's 
our Divergent episode is one of our most popular episodes. So check that out if you like, because you're definitely in for a laugh during that series, because we ripped it a new one. But keep listening to this. Well, I want to go back and listen to them. I mean, they're pretty funny. Sorry. I'll let you finish the episode up. Let's go. So anyway, I think that's pretty much it. And I'm just hopeful that Tally will grow as a character so that we can at least grow to like her. Or all the things I said I'm really interested mainly in the world building. Honestly, for me, I think if the world building is really done well, I will enjoy the series. Because so far, the characters are just okay. But that's not really what I'm interested in. I'm interested in how the world is, like, played out. And I also liked how they've already mentioned so far, like, this idea of other, like, cities or societies. Because to me, that's something that's also not always, like, explained well in these types of novels of, like, is this affecting the whole world? Is this, like, is this society the last one on Earth? Like, is this just this country? Like, they have no idea what's happening on the other side of the world. Like, I just think, again, it makes the world bigger, so it's interesting. But, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say for this episode on the book i'm just waiting for her to hook up with paris i think we're all waiting for that i can't wait for it anyway let's see what happens next week we're gonna finish the book for to see how spicy this book gets i hope it gets spicy i hope so we're gonna see what happens next week so we're gonna finish the rest of this book for next episode so if you do read along go ahead and finish it for next week And especially since, you know, apparently the movie is coming out this year, you know, you got to binge all these episodes as they come out. So you're nice and caught up on the series, you know, you read 10 to 15 years ago when you were a child. So if you're listening along, if you have predictions, theories or questions, or you just want to keep talking to us about the ugly series, remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. Just head over to nerdparty.com contact and select throwback paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at joinnerdparty or on Instagram at thenerdparty or facebook.com slash thenerdparty. To find me, I'm at asiabonia on TikTok and at asia.bonia on Instagram. And I'm at seashells on Instagram. And remember that as a podcast, we grow in your ratings by sharing it and reviewing it so share it with your friends check out the other podcasts we have within our nerd party network and subscribe to our show so you don't miss us next week yes hit that subscribe and have a good one we'll see you next week join the revolution Join the nerd party.